Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Nobody pray for me. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds with Joe Franklin and Wes Moore on 1037 The Buzz. Then you have a chance to win this game. Well, last week, Houston did not have a single snap inside the 25. Here's Kansas City from the 19. Throwing at the goal line, and it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. With Kyle Hamilton all over him, the matchup you wanted to watch. Kelsey wins it, and the Chiefs drive for an opening. That's the first time a tight end has scored on Kyle Hamilton all year. Now, he has not seen the... He's, he's played everyone, all the greats. He has not given up anything this year to tight ends. 50-some yards all year, and what a throw. And tight ends don't have that kind of body control very often, Jim. That's rare. Wow, it's just something watching those two tangle and angle and fight for position. Welcome into Out of Bounds. Wes Moore, Joe Franklin, glad you're with us. What a day. Two great games and so much to just chop apart. Questions all abound, both games. You had play after play, great plays, but then you had some questionable plays and questionable play calls and just the decisions. Can't wait to get it started, Joe. That first game, though, Chiefs and Ravens, I couldn't have been more wrong. I was convinced. I tried to warn everybody. Everybody tried to warn me I was wrong, or many people did, and I would not listen. I should have, and I was wrong. And I'll eat my crow and say Chiefs deserve it. Congratulations. Travis Kelsey was awesome. Patrick Mahomes was awesome. Their defense was phenomenal, and they deserved to win. They were the better team Sunday. Well, a lot of people were riding the Ravens. There weren't many people you could find that, that thought the Chiefs were going to win this game. And then if you look at the Ravens, they had their opportunities so was it more about what the Chiefs were able to do to impose their will, or was it about the Ravens squandering those opportunities they had? They fumbled once at the goal line, mm. threw an interception in the end zone. Mm. So there were mistakes that led to the Chiefs being able to really take control of that game. But was it more about the Chiefs being dominant, or was it about the Ravens and making those mistakes? And that is our question of the day, by the way. It is the, dealing with both games, not just the Chiefs and Ravens. Were the Chiefs and 49ers impressive to you? Or did the Ravens and Lions blow it? It's kind of like, who deserved to win the, the, the game? Was, did they win it because the other team lost it? Or did they go and take it and win it? And I, I walked away feeling, in both games, that the teams that lost blew it. And that is the NFL, and that's sports in general. Sometimes a team loses the game. Sometimes a team will go and win the game and deserve to win the game. But sometimes that team wins because the other team loses it. And they did a good job of not losing it, and so they get the victory. But yesterday I thought the Ravens blew it, and I certainly thought the Lions blew it. Oh, yeah, the Lions would be the prime example of that. When you're talking about a 17-point lead, you get into the second half, and they had opportunities to kick field goals, and instead of kicking those field goals, they were more aggressive, which they've been more aggressive all season. But you know that... Some, sometimes, especially when you get in these championship settings, points are going to be hard to come by. And so with the points being hard to come by at times, you have to take advantage and take those points. Even though you're in the mindset, we're always one to be aggressive, sometimes you need to take those points. And you can question whether the Lions should have kicked the field goal the first time or if it would have been the second time. And, you know, my thinking is the second time probably would have been better for them simply because at that point, the 49ers had the momentum. Everything was going right for them, and they had a three-point lead. So you at least want to tie the game in that sense to give yourself a chance to come back and you know, possibly take the game to overtime, if not get the ball back and, and try to win it outright. But you at least want to tie the game. When it was 24-7, I thought, you got to kick this field goal. you got to keep adding points. Uh, you're right on the second time. I thought, yeah, no-brainer, kick the field goal. He didn't. And Dan Campbell does not regret 
what he did. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. You know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. And I wanted to get the upper hand back, you know. And it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. I get that. But... I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. But, you know, we just, just didn't work out. You know, there are times in the game, whether it's college or football, and the kicker goes out there and misses the field goal, and you see the defense running off the field, how they're celebrating. They did their job. Now, they allowed the other team to kick a field goal, but then they missed it. And the momentum you see switch from one sideline to the other. That is just a, It can be a huge play in football. But not to even take the field goal and to go for it on fourth down and get nothing – nada out of it I think it's even a bigger momentum swing at the time when it was 24 to 7 I'm like you did your job offense you drove down you put your team in position to score get the points keep adding to it more importantly keep that momentum on your sideline don't give them any kind of a thought of a comeback and that's what it does when you get that stop on fourth down it picks up the defense it picks up the offense when they come back out there on the field and they believe they start believing we're still in it. We got a chance. Especially when you have a lead. You want to keep adding to that score, and you counter what the 49ers were able to do there. The 49ers were able to score. So now, even though it's a field goal, it's not what you wanted. You want a touchdown, ultimately. Keep adding to that score because it makes what they just did a wash. They just scored. They just put points on the board. Make it a wash. Go put points on the board also. It was a frustrating game to watch. Uh, and I was pulling for the Lions. It was the underdog story, Dan Campbell. And then what they were doing was, it was incredible how they just went out, punched them in the mouth right away, 7 to nothing, drive down, 14 to nothing. They had all the momentum. And, and, and even when San Fran scored, then here they come again. You're like, oh, my gosh, Detroit is going to pull this off. This is such a great story, the Cinderella story. They're going to the Super Bowl for the first time. And then all that stuff happened. It was it was deflating for me, really, to watch it. And I'm not a huge Lions fan. I was just rooting for them. Look, I still won my bet. I took the points. And that was secondary at that time. It really was. I was wanting the Lions to get to go to the Super Bowl. And when that all that unfolded, I just left last night. The watch party just kind of depressed a little bit because of the way the game played. I, I do give the 49ers credit, though. Look, they came all the way back. Yes, they had some help from some questionable decisions from the Lions, but they still made the plays. And Brock Purdy, oh my gosh. Brock Purdy, last night with his feet, rushing, he rushed for more yards, passed for more yards than Patrick Mahomes, almost rushed for as many yards as Lamar Jackson. That guy showed me something last night with his scrambling that I haven't seen before. Well, he he showed that he has football IQ that – People would question to say he they didn't think that he really had that in him, and especially being a second year player, he's a guy that is uh, he's new in his NFL career, but he plays like he's he's been there and he's been doing it at a high level for a long time, which he did in college, and he was kind of forgotten about, and that's how he became Mr. Irrelevant. But you know, going back to then, he's he's a guy that he was thought to be high on NFL draft boards. But Iowa State, they, they struggled a bit in his last season, and so he was kind of off the radar, forgotten about, and that's why you see that he's in a good situation, having a, a lot of success because he knows the game. He picked the right times to run. It wasn't just about you want to put him in those situations like you would with a Lamar Jackson where you have those design runs, but he realizes when the defense is running downfield and they're covering the receivers – and there's open space on the field, that's the time to run, and, and he took advantage of it. 24-7, to 49ers were trailing at the half, but there was no panic. Yeah, no one was rah-rah, no one was freaking out. It was just 
it's football. I feel like there's a lot of experienced guys on this team, veterans that have you know been in crazy situations, and and so everyone's like, all right, we just got to do our job straight up. Like the offense has to move the ball. We got to put up points, convert on third downs, um, defense get some stops for us, and that was really about it. There wasn't really much said. Kyle said a couple things, Fred said a couple things, but we kept it simple. And so went out. We all knew what we had to do. Season's on the line. We're down 17. So. Um, I think everybody stepped up, and when we played really good complimentary team football from there. Brock Purdy stepped up 27-7. to They outscored Detroit, and, you know, Detroit got that last second, you know, touchdown on fourth down, ironically. Uh, they did score on fourth down uh, to, to give them a chance with the onside kick and uh, have a slim hope of pulling that out. They really blew it in that situation also because they ran the ball and, of course, you want to give yourself the best chance to get in the end zone. They felt good about their running game. But what happened was they didn't get in the end zone after a run. They had to call timeout. So if you're able to score a touchdown there, whether it's running or passing, you get in the end zone, you don't have to call timeout. Now you can afford to kick the ball deep. You don't necessarily have to have that onside. You can kick it deep. And as long as you're able to stop the 49ers from getting a first down, then you're going to have a chance because you have all three timeouts. But once they call that timeout, you know that you have to get the onside, and it's always a low percentage that you're going to be able to get that onside. We'll take your phone call, 661-1037. Get your thoughts on the AFC and NFC championship game. Let's go over on the AFC championship game and and talk a little bit about the Chiefs and the Ravens. Here's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it would be awesome. Um, I knew going on the road we were going to be okay. We got a lot of dogs in that locker room. And those guys came to play today, defense, offense, special teams. And we, we came back, and like Clark said, we were going to win this trophy with Norma's Hunt not name on our jersey. We promise you that. So we went out and got that thing. Hey, Dan, congratulations to the Chiefs and the fans out there of the Chiefs. They win it 17-10. to 10. They hold on and get it done. Did not score in the second half. I thought the Ravens, and let me go here first, uh, a lot of questionable things and decisions from the coaching staff. Let me start with the defense. Second half, they shut out the Chiefs. They got after Patrick Mahomes in the second half. First half, and I was watching the game with a coach, and he's like, they're just rushing four. Four. Four again. This time three. And Mahomes is just sitting back there, sitting back there, picking them apart. No pressure on Mahomes. You know, he's great you know, back there in the pocket, moving around a little bit, sliding and shuffling his feet, just staying clear of the rush. But he had plenty of time and picked them apart specifically to Travis Kelsey with 10 catches in the first half. And, and I'm like, why are they not blitzing? And I got on Twitter and I was looking at something and I come across that Ravens had blitzed one time. One time in the first half. This was a team who came into the game blitzing all the time. This is what their defense did. They were an aggressive attacking defense, and they changed their defense to go up against Mahomes and the Chiefs. And it, it failed. They scored 14 points on them on the last play of the Chiefs' last drive of the first half. They brought pressure. They blitzed. And Mahomes had to scramble out right. Remember, he threw it out of bounds. They had to settle for a field goal, 17 to nothing at the half. Second half, they went back to Ravens' defensive football and shut out the Chiefs. I, I don't understand why something you've done all year that's worked all year, why change it? it were you trying to trick the Chiefs? Were you so scared of Mahomes and, and his receivers that you thought if you blitz that he, he's just going to burn you with that? But when you do something well, to me, you don't get into the championship game and decide to scrap it and push it to the side. You can minimize it a bit, but yeah, if that's extreme when you're talking about blitzing a lot and then going to only one. Now, if you minimize it and it's uh, a couple of times per quarter or you want to pick your spots, that's one thing. And uh, that's something that could work for you if you thought that it was better to go with a different game plan and not really blitz Mahomes because of the fact that if he finds the open guy, he is going to be able to pick you apart. So you want to minimize it if that's the feeling that the coaching staff has, but to completely take it away, then no, that's, that's inexcusable. Now, the Chiefs' defense is the one that deserves more of the credit because, you know, thinking about the Chiefs not scoring in the second half, they minimized what the Ravens were able to do, and they created turnovers that took scoring opportunities away from the Ravens. So the Chiefs' defense – 
has really carried them quite a bit yes. throughout the season, but especially during the playoffs. And creating those turnovers, those were the difference in the game. The Ravens fumbled at the one-yard line. Mm. That's, that's a scoring opportunity. And then Lamar Jackson throws an interception in the end zone, which, you know, the Chiefs, they did get the interception there, but some of that could go on the Ravens because why are you taking a deep shot oh, it was a in, in the triple coverage yeah. and you have receivers running underneath? Yeah, it was a terrible decision by Lamar Jackson. You saw his frustration after the play when he slammed his helmet down and was mad at himself. That was that was a bad decision at a, at the worst possible time. You're already in field goal range, and it was I think it was second down. It wasn't like you, you had to force the issue on that play. You, you could just throw it away and live for another play, but to force that and the triple coverage was just a bad decision. Now the Ravens offense. Number one rushing team in the NFL. Number one. That's what they've done this year. They run the ball, sets a play-action pass, and then Lamar's able to just pick people apart, roll out, you know, bootleg, whatever. They're so good on the, on the play-action. They ran the ball to their running backs six times. Each running back had three carries. Three carries. And it wasn't like the Chiefs were just shutting them down. Uh, Edwards had three carries for 20 yards. 6.7 yards per carry. And I believe all three of his rushes, if I saw that right, resulted in a first down. They, and I thought it was kind of weird that they uh, started the game with uh, Justice Hill as the starting running back. That they haven't was, been doing that. That was the issue there. They got too locked in into having Justice Hill on the field. And they felt good about him in the passing game also. But, you know, going to the point of if you're going to have that rushing attack, Gus Edwards is the guy that should be on the field. And they saw early that Justice Hill, whatever they were doing with him, wasn't working. No, You know, no matter whether no. it was trying to rush the ball or throw it to him out of the backfield, it really wasn't working for them. So if you recognize that early in the game, now's your time to get Gus Edwards on the field and get him some carries, and they didn't do it at all. They, it's like they got too locked in to Justice Hill and the explosive ability, the speed that he has, and they wanted that on the field, and they forgot about Gus Edwards. They forgot about what got them there once again. They forgot on defense what got them there, and then they forgot on offense what got them there. I can understand it if you're going up against a defense that like just shuts down the run. Like their, their, their front seven is just dynamic, and you're like, look, we're going to try to run it, but if it's not there, we're not going to force it. The Chiefs' run defense isn't very good. That's been the Achilles heel of the team defensively. And they never consistently exposed that. They didn't even really try to expose that. And that was just so odd to me that you would go into the game against a, a bad rush defense when you have a very good run defense and you don't even try it. They didn't want to risk Lamar, Lamar Jackson and an injury. And so you understand them not running him so much, but he needed to be more involved in the rushing attack, especially if you're limiting the running backs there. You want to get Lamar Jackson involved in it. And uh, they had some creativity with some of the plays that they would call where you see some misdirection going to the right, and then Lamar Jackson comes back left, and he has a pulling guard or tackle in front of him, and he has a lead blocker. That's what they needed to do more of. Did he look like a reluctant runner to you? I'm not sure he looked like it because there were times where maybe he was just trying to create. He, he was trying to allow those receivers to go mm -hmm. downfield and he knew that if somebody came at him, he'd be able to get out of a jam, which he did a couple of times. Even one time where he throws the ball, it gets tipped in the air, and he <laughs> sees that the player has a beat on it and he's going to intercept it. Well, Lamar makes a move and goes to catch the ball himself. So you see the type of ability that he has, and they just needed a lot more of that. There were several times on third down, third and four, he's back to pass. Standing there looking, looking, looking. I'm like, go! Go! There's your lane. There's nobody around you. Go! One time he rolled out to the right and he was looking for a receiver. And I'm like, just tuck it and run! You've got the first down! And he threw it incomplete. And I'm like, what, what is he doing? Why is he not wanting to... Because last week against the Texans, he, or he was a very willing runner. Rushed for over 100 yards. This week it just didn't seem like he wanted to take off and run with the ball. It, it's a thing of being greedy at times, too, and wanting more downfield as opposed to taking what's there for you. And especially if you can get first downs and keep the drive going 
and establish something. That's what you want to do. Now, if it's there, if if you see some some receivers that are open, like he found Zay Flowers at times, and he was open, then of course you want to hit those receivers downfield. You may be onto something there. Remember the first big play, the touchdown. He threw it. He threw it deep. And then once you hit that, you're like, we can do that all day. We got this. You know, we're going to burn them deep. And he may have fallen in love with trying to to look way downfield and and trying to throw the ball a little too much instead of, you know, sticking to what got him there. All right, let me take this phone call before we hit the break. Rebecca, Rebecca, congratulations to your Chiefs. Congratulations to you. I I, I was. I thought about you after the game, and I am happy for you, Joe (laughs) Klein, and the Chiefs fans. Well, thank you. I was just gonna. I just wanted to know. We we played a decimated defense in Buffalo. Yes. What what was the deal with? I mean, what's the excuse this week? Well, well hey, hey, Rebecca, their job. Rebecca, it started with the Dolphins. The Dolphins decimated defense. The Bills decimated defense. I know. Now I now they play the best defense, and they still hey, came out on top. Hey, and West, two road games. Check. He's yep. done it. He can. He proved he can play on the road in hostile yeah. environment. Yep, he did. I'll yeah. give you that. Yep. Good. Good. He's done not just good. He's great. There's nobody like... I mean, Burrow the closest thing because Burrow is the only one who's beaten him in the playoffs. He's just... Well, him. the lone him. standing him. quarterback that's beaten him in the playoffs lost to Tom Brady twice. He's Okay, Tom Brady. But other than those two... He's Jackson is not his peer. Allen is not his peer. They're not in the same league. Patrick Mahomes, just not. He's different. He's just that different. He's that good. That good. But thank you for eating crow. I love it. Congratulations, <laughs> Rebecca. Uh, Got that one out of the way. Rebecca, she can celebrate our team being in the Super Bowl once again. They're there. They made celebrate. It. Enjoy it. I, I Look, I have not even started thinking about the Super Bowl and who I'm going to pick, but I'll say this. I bet with the Chiefs in week one, won. Won money. Picked against them week two, lost. Picked against them last, yesterday, lost. So you know what the trend is. The then. trend is, yeah. So you got to go with them, I guess. Got to go with them. Coming up next, we're going to talk some Razorback basketball. Better effort against Kentucky. Huge week this week for Arkansas. If they have any hope whatsoever, they must go 2-0. Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio, will join us next. This is Out of Bounds. Now you can watch all your favorite Buzz shows streaming live on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. 1037 The Buzz, your multimedia fun and game station. Sports Center. Arkansas basketball suffered their third loss in a row, falling to Kentucky 63-57 on Saturday. The Razorbacks were without Trevor in Brazil, who missed the game with soreness in his knee. They were also without Devo Davis, who has reportedly stepped away from the program. Here were Coach Eric Musselman's comments about the effort in the game. I've not been happy with the effort over over the course of the last couple of weeks. Tonight, I you know, I mean, I got to go in that locker room and and tell them we got to get ready for Missouri, and uh, I can't fault their effort. We're not a good offensive team. I mean, that's all you got to do is watch the game. We struggle at you know take care of the ball, but because of effort and defense tonight, we were in the game. There's been a lot of games we haven't had a lead at all. Arkansas will play again on Wednesday when they travel to Columbia to take on Missouri. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. People who suffer from arthritis are getting real pain relief with exciting biologic therapies at QC Kinetics. The success rate is there and there's no better way to treat yourself when it comes to dealing with pain. Meet Tyler Vale, co-founder of QC Kinetics, who says they can't cure arthritis, but they can treat the pain. If you think of the tide coming in and out on the beach and what it does, it erodes the sand, right? can't stop the tide, but eventually when the sand or the beach gets bad enough, we backfill that beach with sand so that we get generations of enjoyment with that beach again. And the same thing happens. 
happens with your knee or your shoulder or your hip or your back. We want to backfill the problems that have happened to this point. I'm not stopping the tide, so I'm not stopping the arthritis, but I want to get generations of enjoyment out of those joints again. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Learn more about how restorative biologic therapies can get you real and lasting joint pain relief. Call QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. Hey, it's the Shooter Pat Bradley, and I'll be on Morning Mayhem Weekly, presented by Gary Hill, MSS Oil Splash Car Wash. There hasn't been an oil man specialist like Gary Hill since J.R. Ewing. Get your oil changed and car washed at Splash Car Wash. Go to cleancarfast.com for an unlimited wash pass. It's just an acre for Serta Pro Painters. It's a company I've used for years for many projects, inside and outside over the years, and soon you'll be able to say the same, and you'll be happy that you can. I don't know what I'm doing most of the time, but Serta Pro does. They'll walk you through the process, help you pick out exactly the right color of paint for whatever room you're trying to redo, and they're going to leave behind a beautiful, clean project. You won't even know they were there, other than the project being done, and your wall's looking great. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated, so get them on the case as soon as possible. Schedule your free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. For over 30 years, Pickup Truck Accessory Warehouse on 65th and University has been Arkansas's truck accessory headquarters and the only stop for all your truck parts and accessories. If it goes on a truck, Pickup Truck Accessory Warehouse has it, like step bars, bed covers, toolboxes, and ladder racks, as well as gooseneck, fifth wheel hitches, and drop hitches. All this and more can be found at Pickup Truck Accessory Warehouse, a WeatherTech Diamond dealer, 501-568-0040, or online at ArkansasTruck.com. And ask about the all-new RSI SmartCap. I'm Rachel Parker-Harding for Parker Cadillac. Get ready to arrive in style on game day in a luxurious certified pre-owned Cadillac. Choose from XT5, XT6, Escalade, or sedan models. Parker Cadillac has the largest inventory of certified pre-owned Cadillacs in Arkansas. Plus, all Parker Cadillac certified pre-owned customers received two years unlimited miles of complimentary oil changes. For more details, visit parker-cadillac.com. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota compact tractors. Rated number one in durability and owner experience. Designed for easy operation and feature performance matched attachments. Right now at participating dealers, get a Kubota compact tractor for zero down. Zero APR for up to 84 months, plus save up to $300 on select equipment. Stop by River Valley Tractor or go to KubotaUSA.com forward slash disclaimers for full disclaimer. Make your tailgate the party of the parking lot by getting the best meats in all of Arkansas at Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Out of Bounds with Joe Franklin and Wes Moore on 1037 The Buzz. Have not been happy with the effort over over the course of the last couple of weeks. Tonight, I, you know, I mean, I got to go in that locker room and and tell them we got to get ready for Missouri, and uh, I can't fault their effort. We're not a good offensive team. I mean, that's all you got to do is watch the game. We struggle at, you know, take care of the ball. But because of effort and defense tonight, we were in the game. There's been a lot of games we haven't had a lead at all. A little better from the Razorbacks Saturday against Kentucky. Hey, we're in it. I mean, got a lead, had a halftime lead. Kentucky made a run. Arkansas came, held with them. One-point game with about two minutes to go. In fact, I thought this was what it was. It was the key part of the game. Two minutes, 39 seconds to go in the game. It's 53-52. Kentucky, one-point lead. Two and a half minutes. Right there in it. Kentucky hits a three. Arkansas goes down, turns it over. Steal, layup for Kentucky. All of a sudden, it's a six-point game. Arkansas goes down, ill-advised shot. Kentucky comes down, hits a three. Timeout Arkansas, 8-0 run, and it's 61-52, just like that, in a span of one minute and 12 seconds. The game got away from them. That is the difference in the game, and it was right at the end. They picked the worst time to give up a run like that. If it happens sometime during the game where they have a chance to kind of bounce back from it, but if you're at the end and you give up that type of run, you're going to lose the game. Aaron Torres joins us now, Fox Sports Radio. Aaron, welcome into the show. How are you? I'm good, Wes. How you doing, man? Fantastic. Got the new show with Joe Franklin, and we are rolling on day oh. one. I know Joe. I know Joe really well. 
Yeah. Guys. You've been on the show before. Aaron, what's yeah. up? Yeah, same old. You know, we're talking about uh, the same thing we were talking about two weeks ago, Joe. We're waiting for Arkansas to turn a corner. I will say, I know Wes just set it up there beautifully. Um, feels closer than it has in a while. Obviously, at some point, you got to win games that matter. But obviously, look, I mean, you know, it, it was definitely a tough two, three week stretch. But I do think there were some positive signs that came out of that game. And now the question becomes kind of can you build on that momentum? Obviously, go. You know, going on the road, but kind of going into a pseudo-manageable part of the schedule at Missouri at LSU. Those are two games you can win if you get the kind of effort that you just got on Saturday at the Walton Arena. Yeah, I said before the break, Aaron, if you have any chance of digging out of this hole of turning the season around, this is, has to be a 2-0 week. You have to go to Missouri and win. You have to come home and beat LSU. I, yeah, there's zero doubt. I actually talked about this on my own podcast this morning, Wes. I said the exact same thing, is that, listen, you know, at this point, I don't think you can really be talking about tournament, NCAA tournament, this, that. The other thing, I don't know, you know, I know there's the Duke win out of conference. I don't know respectfully what you'd have to do in league play to kind of get back into that conversation. I think it's not just about accumulating wins, but obviously accumulating good wins. I don't know what the Arkansas schedule looks like the back half of the year. But I just think you have to, you know, start getting wins, period, building any sort of positive momentum. But like I said, this is the week where you can do it. Um, you know, the SEC, it's, it's funny. I, I was talking to an SEC head coach this morning, as a matter of fact. Uh, podcast will drop later this week. And he told me, he's like, this is as good as the league has ever been, you know, top to bottom, uh, you know, 1 through 14. Um, so it sounds weird to, to say that, you know, you have two road games, but this is a chance to get back on track. But you look at the two opponents, I, I, I don't think Arkansas is less talented than either of them. Uh, Missouri is certainly struggling, but these are games that you can win. And I think if you want to do anything at all possible to salvage the season, it obviously starts this week. But as you said, Wes, not only do you need to go 2-0, it's capable of going 2-0. There are weeks where you can sit there and say, we need to go 2-0 and it doesn't seem likely. This one you can. you got to show up ready to play both nights, uh, but those are two winnable games. Aaron, is this a hole that Arkansas can pull out of? Because we've seen in the past where they have started 1-5 and five and they've been able to dig from that hole, but now they're in a deeper hole. They're 1-6. So is it even possible that they'd be able to string something together to give themselves a chance? I, I think that last part there, Joe, is the most important part, give themselves a chance. I, I don't think at this point it's realistic. So you said 1-6, so that's seven games. So that means there's, what, 11 to go. Like, I just think it's not only in Arkansas thing. The league is just better than it's ever been. I mean, you look at this league, and uh, something I think we talked about last time I was on the show, Joe, is that, um, you know, look at the league. I mean, there are teams like South Carolina that I think you could just mark off as a win. They're not a mark off as a win anymore. I know that Georgia's coming to Bug Walton here in a little bit, uh, and you guys have seen them play. Georgia's like a pretty good team that probably is going to be in the conversation for an NCAA tournament bid. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to do uh, – I don't even want to start, you know, down the road of, well, if we go 10-1 and one the rest of the way, what does that mean? Um, and I don't know – you know, I don't know what that magic number is to get back into consideration. Like I said a minute ago, I think the good news is there's so many good teams that there's actually a lot of really good opportunities to pick up really good wins, you know, quad one wins or what the, the tournament uh, committee really cares about as far as, uh, you know, the best opportunities are you taking advantage of them. So – the good news is because the league is better, there's more opportunities. Because the league is better, it also is going to be tougher. But, again, uh, to put yourself in consideration, Joe, the opportunities will be there. Now you just got to take advantage of it. If they go 10-1 and one down the stretch, they're a tournament team. They're going to get in. But if you finish 11-7 and seven right. in the SEC. Yeah, and Wes, yeah. if they go 10-1 and one down the stretch, I will, I will come down to the SEC tournament and the first round of beers are on me. But, yeah. you know, because it's, it's like, you know, like, listen, uh, you know, I was down there. I, I was down there for the, the Duke game. I saw this team at their best. I saw Faisal at his best, but Walton at his best. And I don't say that, um, you know, in a condescending way or a mean way. I just think the combination of what we've seen, but I think more importantly, not just from Arkansas, but from from the rest of the SEC, I just don't think anybody, whether it's Tennessee, whether it's Kentucky, whether it's whoever, is going to be going 10-1 and one over an 11-game stretch. I mean, even the good teams. I mean, look at, you know, Auburn was in the top 10 as of a week ago. They go 0-2 last week. You know, Tennessee lost at Mississippi State. Mississippi State's a perfect example. You know, a team that 
you could historically probably check off for a win or two if you had them on the schedule. They've already beaten Auburn home. They've already beaten Tennessee at home. They're trending towards the tournament team. So it's just a whole different league than it was even two, three, four years ago. Uh, I think the, for the last couple of years, I think that top four, that top five was really good. And then maybe you had a team or two after them. I think this year you're talking about team nine, team 10, team 11 is pretty good. Heck, you know, Arkansas right now at the bottom of the standings obviously has proven a capability of beating the best teams in this league or at least playing with them. So I'm rambling, Joe, and I'm rambling West, but, but you kind of get the point is that I, I don't think it's time to give up yet. I just think it's going to be really hard to rip off like a, a, a big, big run here in the second half of the year. Arkansas shows signs in this game against Kentucky that they did play better than we've seen them play in more recent games. And uh, Coach Muss, he's still kind of searching for the right recipe there. Now, we saw that there was a shorter rotation, which he's used to in this game, and it, it seemed to make him play a little bit better. But this entire time, they've been searching to see those right answers. What's the right rotation? Do they want to have a shorter rotation, or is it expanded? And for times this season it's been expanded and it may have been expanded because they were in those blowout type games so if you see anything from Arkansas what what is it to say that they could get back on track just by uh by the game plan maybe well you know the the tough thing is and I think it applies to both teams Joe is the rotation and I think Kentucky was kind of dealing with this a little bit too is they probably got nine guys that, that believe they should be playing and Calipari's another guy that historically plays about seven guys as well. Well, Rob Dillingham, really good player, wasn't able to play. I think that actually weirdly helped them on Saturday. And you go back to Saturday, I mean, obviously, why was the rotation a little bit smaller? Um, obviously, there was Evo Davis news. Um, I don't have any inside information. I don't want to speculate on it. But I'll also say, just based on both Coach Muscle's comments after the game and, and kind of, I thought Jay Billis was a little, you know, honest, during the game, I don't think that it seems as though uh, I don't think it seems as though to me that we'll be seeing Devo Davis again. So that's that's one fewer player that you kind of got to worry about minutes and all that. And then obviously, I, I don't know that it necessarily helped them, but not having Trevin Brazil, um, you know, just allowed the, the rotation to be shorter. So so yeah, no, I mean, I I think it was interesting how that kind of worked for both teams. But I'll be honest, Joe, I don't I don't think you could take much out of it other than that, you know, you have one guy that's at best suspended, at worst no longer with the team, and then you have a second guy in Trevin Brazil who's hurt who you expect to get back. But I do think I will say, you know, and, and I know Coach Musk talked about this after the game. Um, I know Coach Musk talked about it after the game, but um, you know, I do think this is the time of the year where you have to find those you have to settle on those guys. I don't think it can be um, you're keeping, you know, still trying to search, still trying to search. And that, this is what he said, and I don't blame him. I know he's just looking for answers, but this is kind of that time where if it's a player or two that maybe um, you have to kind of cut from the rotation, this feels like it. It just feels like it's late January. I know historically, um, you know, Coach Muss has been able to find the answers. I think he's going to find them soon. It's just tough to, to kind of keep putting out different rotations and, and all that, you know, kind of going forward. Aaron Torres with us, Fox Sports Radio. Aaron, I thought, honestly, the team played better without Trevin Brazil. His defense has been suspect at best at times, a lot of times. And I thought with Mitchell coming in, Makai Mitchell, and the way he played, 12 points, 13. Now, I'm not expecting to get 12 and 13 out of him every game. But well, Jalen Lawson played really well, too. They did. and but Did you see a difference without those two guys on the floor uh, defensively for this team because that was one of their better defensive efforts. Yeah, I thought it was it was a great defensive effort, and it, it's funny, you know, knowing so many media people at both Kentucky and Arkansas, it was obviously interesting to see kind of the disparity between the two fan bases as the game was going on. And, and why I bring it up, like as an example, you know, I saw a lot of Kentucky fans or Kentucky media members complaining about Kentucky quote unquote missing layups, and I said I don't think they're missing layups. I think Arkansas has multiple seven-footers, and the one thing I can tell you, and I tweeted this out, is I've been to a couple you know, practices with Coach Buss. They teach verticality. They teach going straight up without committing fouls, and I thought it gave us a fit. And so I bring it up because you know, I had never really considered you know, what life would be like without Trevin Brazil. Um, and, and like you said, I'm not expecting Mitchell to play as well as he did last week, Wes. 
and kind of a counter to that, I'm not expecting Trevor Brazil to be out for the rest of the year. But now that I kind of think about it, even though he might be kind of the quote-unquote best NBA player, I do think if he's not hitting outside shots, I mean, he kind of doesn't really bring much to the table that, that a Chandler Lawson or a, a Mitchell doesn't bring. And so it is kind of an interesting question of, like, again, I, I, the defense certainly looks the better. You know, it's so tough. Like, I don't want to pin it on one player or blame one player who wasn't there and it's better because he wasn't there. But the defense, I thought, was the best defensive effort. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting, too, during the game, guys. I don't know if you were at the arena or if you watched the TV broadcast, but they really kind of emphasized on the TV broadcast early that basically uh, a point of emphasis has been ball movement, has been touches, has been a number of passes that they want to see over the course of the game. I thought early in the game, um, Arkansas was doing a very good job offensively in, in, in just kind of moving the ball um, extra passes, things like that. I thought it got a little sideways at the end. I know Joe asked a minute ago about kind of schematic changes, and that was one thing that did stand out. And then again, defensively, I thought it was one of the best efforts I've seen from Arkansas all year, especially at the rim up. They gave uh, Kentucky some problems. And so, like I've said, I know I've said it a few times, but do you think there are some things to build off of going out of this game, even if it was, in fact, the law? Aaron, thank you. Appreciate your time. Fellas, my pleasure. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. Congrats on the new show, fellas. Thank you. Coming up next, we're going to head down to the NFL Players Association game. Talk with Chris Turnage, NFL agent from Little Rock. Stick around. This is Out of Bounds. Fellas, what's good? Chris Turner here for Low T Center. Look, if you notice the you're not here because your self-care happens out on the road riding your motorcycle protected by progressive besides after a long ride a helmet sweat is way more satisfying so if you ride switch to progressive america's number one motorcycle insurer without even breaking a sweat progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates not available in all states my friend and i are taking a trip to mexico this year but neither of us speak spanish so we downloaded Babbel and started learning spanish fast Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Like, because that was the song that we were coming back to. Yeah. So will it just continue the rotation? Uh Hey, it's Matt Zimmerman for Telco Federal Credit Union. Hey, they get it at Telco Federal Credit Union. With rising home loan rates, maybe staying put and just fixing up your current home is a better financial solution. Telco offers home improvement loans even if you have little to no equity. Now you can get your kitchen and bath remodeled and some new flooring. Local team at Telco Credit Union will find you the right loan, the lowest rate, and will make the process so easy. Stop in, log on at telco.com or call 501 375 5321. This is Trey Reed from the Wild Side on 1037 The Buzz, inviting you to join Mark Hedrick and me Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Brought to you by West Rock Landing at Lake Maumel, Edwards Food Giant, all about tire and brake, battery outfitters, and Trader Bills Outdoors, Hot Springs, and Little Rock locations. It's the Wild Side, Tuesday at 7 p.m., only on 1037 The Buzz. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Do you want more control over your business spending? Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management platform designed to save you time and money. Ramp offers unlimited corporate cards with spend controls you can customize to stop wasteful spending before it happens. Ramp makes expense reports a breeze by automatically collecting receipts and matching them to the right transaction. You'll close your books in hours instead of days. 
Ramp allows you to see all of your company spend in one place, so you can make quick, informed decisions about your business finances. Plus, Ramp will share insights based on your spending to help you cut costs. Over 15,000 businesses have added up to 5% to their bottom line with Ramp. You can be one of them. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash sports. Ramp.com slash sports. R-A-M-P.com slash sports. This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment. Get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months. And River City Flooring in Marmel is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do it all. Check out River City Flooring in Maumel at their huge new showroom on Maumel Boulevard just off 430. 103.7 The Buzz is your home for Arkansas Razorback basketball. Coverage is brought to you by Red River Ford, Lion Legal, Central Arkansas Cadillac Dealers, Malvern National Bank, and Genesis of Conway. Have a watch party that everyone wants to attend at your house with the best of meats in the business. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Out of Bounds with Wes Moore and Joe Franklin on 1037 The Buzz. Back in Out of Bounds, Wes Moore, Joe Franklin, glad you're with us. Day one of the new show. Got a lot of feedback over on the Southern Structural Solutions text line, Joe. Uh, This one from the 601. Much better showing Saturday by the Hawks. Defense and rebounding kept us in the game. Proud of the effort, which was missing. That being said, we cannot score enough points to win very many conference games. No great shooters on this team, and even our best players are very inconsistent. You know, um, and it goes on. That was Hogman. Thanks, Hogman. Uh, Effort was great. And Coach Musselman even said it after the game. They're just a bad offensive team. And that's what's crazy to me, because... Early in the year with some of these transfers, you, you look at Caleb Battle, a score. Tremont Mark, score. L. Ellis, a score. He's got, and we didn't know about Keon Minifield, by the way. He didn't play. You know, Minifield comes in and, and uh, the last non-conference game of the season, scores over 30 points, player of the week. And I thought, and I remember saying, scoring's not going to be a problem this year. Shooting's not going to be a problem <laughs> this year with this team. He went out and got some shooters and some scores. And lo and behold, you look now in late January, they can't score the ball. Yeah, defense has suffered. We, we thought that scoring would improve, but defense has suffered. And maybe it's some carryover to the defense not coming through. And now you have where the offense is not playing up to par where they should be. What do you guys think about the people who say the NFL is scripted? That's from the 501. Well, there are people that are on board with that now, especially because of the Chiefs and the connection to Taylor Swift and pop culture. Hmm. And now you're seeing a lot more of her. There there are people that are on board with thinking that, but no, it's not scripted. J.K. in Fairfield Bay says, Brock Purdy for me is a Brandon Allen type quarterback. He manages the game. So, in saying that, then, we want to throw it out to the listeners. Would you rather have a dynamic quarterback, like a generational-type quarterback, and we can set that example for Patrick Mahomes here. He's that generational-type quarterback that's going to make players around him better. And we've seen examples of this in the past. A Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Now, you can say what you want to say about Aaron Rodgers and getting to certain points of the season – getting to championship games, getting to Super Bowls, but you know that he is that he he's one of those type of quarterbacks that makes players around him better. So what's a better situation? To have that generational type quarterback to make players around him better or to have a good quarterback with dynamic weapons around him? What's a better situation? I want the dynamic quarterback. I mean, to me, the best player on the field, if you've got him at your quarterback, I'll take that every day. If that's a Mahomes, yes, give me Mahomes, and I'll take my chances with the weapons around him. Uh, Look, he's got limited options this year at receiver. He's still got Kelsey. I like his running back. But that's not the most talent he's had around him by far, and he's still in the Super Bowl. I'll I'll take a dynamic quarterback every time. Exactly, yeah. I I would agree with you on that, where um, 
you have a guy that's a difference maker, and he's somebody that's going to make the players around him better, the team. Even not just the offensive side of the ball, we see that the defense has improved, and he has nothing to do with the personnel on defense. But we've seen him in times in the past where they have had a lot more offensive weapons, and the defense wasn't really as good, but the defense played good because Mm -hmm. they were kind of going off what the offense was able to put on the field, and the offense always put them in a good position, and it still always goes back to Patrick Mahomes. And this one from the 501 says, Good God, hang up on her. Talking about Rebecca's call. Uh, We kept it pretty quick. We let her get in her uh, you know, pat on the back. Let and, Rebecca uh, celebrate. We let her celebrate for a minute. It wasn't that long. Savage asks, Wes, any news that Trevin Brazil is done for the season? No, there's been no official word. I know there's some out there speculating. You know, Coach Musman said after the game that Brazil was not close to playing, that he had not practiced since the Ole Miss game. I, I just... You know, it's weird. He had the torn ACL. He's trying to come back from it. Then he experiences some knee soreness in there. And I don't know. I thought he had a good first half against Ole Miss where he seemed active. And he was inside uh, fighting for rebounds and had some nice rebounds, had an offensive rebound. I thought I saw a little fight from Trevin Brazil in the first half. And then he had that kind of awkward fall where he got his legs undercut from underneath him, remember? And he kind of looked like a, I think Josh said, looked like a baby giraffe falling to the ground and legs and elbows and arms were flying everywhere. And I don't know if he, you know, if that awkward fall, you know, irritated something in that knee. But well, that, that uh, I was says, disappointed that he didn't play the second half. And then I was disappointed he didn't play this game. That, that says that he is still thinking about it at times, that it is in the back of his mind. And you don't know if he is feeling some pain when uh, when you see him fall like that, or is he just kind of thinking uh, of what could be the worst-case scenario and where he's been before and injured and out for the season and just playing careful. And a lot of times when we see athletes playing careful, that is when they end up getting injured. From the 501, welcome aboard, Wes. Glad I'm able to listen to Out of Bounds again. Thanks. I'll stop it there. That's good. We're not going to be talking bad about people but no i'm happy to be here it's, it's going to be fun glad you're back and you're listening again steve and ola says if kansas city thinks not scoring the second half is going to work against the 49ers i don't think so well just because it happened in this game doesn't mean that that's going to be carryover for the next game and also you can flip that around if the 49ers what what's happened with them the past two games where they've dug a hole and been able to climb out of that hole they came back against the Packers, came back against the Lions. That's not a recipe for them winning either. They don't want to go into this game and get behind the Chiefs and have to make another type of comeback attempt. That's not a good recipe for them. And Rebecca wrote in and said, hey, Wes, I uh, got to give it to you. Give you props for eating your crow, admitting you were wrong. Always enjoy talking with you and Joe. Excited about you joining Out of Bounds. You and Joe are great together. Thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate you. Uh, Logan and Cersei says, yeah, we had some issues during the break. We were trying to fix some things over there. Uh, 501, Joe, Wes, first show sounds great. Thank you. Oh, yeah, really appreciate it. Joe, JK in Fairfield Bay, Wes, makes sense. You and Joe having a show together. It's a no-brainer for me. Home run. All right, thank you. That's good. All right, I think we worked through all the Southern Structural Solutions text line. Coming up in the uh, second hour... We're going to talk a little more NFL. Babe Loffenberg will join us next. Listen for Coach Kevin Kelly Wednesdays during the Zone presented by the Little Rock Athletic Club, an all-indoor pickleball facility coming soon to Little Rock Athletic Club online at lrac.com. River Valley Tractor, your leading Kubota dealer of Central Arkansas. River Valley Tractor is closer than you think. A company that cares for you is right around the corner. RiverValleyTractor.com. 